Amen. Anybody in here like to be right? Anybody? Anybody in here like to be wrong? Okay, well. (laughs) Yes, dear, I'm sorry. It was all my fault. Three three things that will help you out in life, guys. So... I, I say I like to say it this way that 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 I'm not like my dad. My dad, you could never convince my dad that he was wrong. I mean, you just couldn't. I mean, he was never ever wrong. Now, I'll admit when I'm wrong. You just have to convince me first. <clears throat> it was supposed to be funny, but sometimes we find ourselves a little bit more like our parents than we think. Um, anybody in here find that that you you tend to like to argue just a little bit? Any, anyone? Um, this this was my favorite thing uh, with my kids. It would get to a point, and I would say, "Stop arguing with me." And they didn't have anywhere to go. They'd say, "I'm not arguing with me." Uh you argued right then. <laughs> so the the apostle Paul is, is writing to to Timothy. Because it's easy to get pulled into arguments. It's, it's easy, and, and I don't know if you're like, like, like some people that, that you know, just, just kind of get into to these discussions that you know, they, they, they don't really matter. Sometimes they're, they're just fun you know, to, to sit with a friend. And um, How many of you saw the pictures of the black hole? The first ever pictures of a black hole? Isn't that cool? Um, what's inside? And, and, that, and that's a fun, you know, that's a fun dinner conversation with a friend. You know, it doesn't matter, you know, is time travel possible? I could, some theological reasons, I don't believe that would be right. But um, so, so it, it, it's easy sometimes to get pulled into arguments or to, or to get pulled into discussions that, that really just eat up our time. Now, now one thing, if you just want to have fun, no, it won't be fun. If you want to waste a lot of time, then what you do is you get two televisions and you put Fox News on and CNN on and just watch them both at the same time. You could waste a lot of time that way. We, we don't have broadcast TV anymore at home. And so uh, whenever I, I go somewhere, like to a hotel, I, 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 I try to try not to start because it's just frustrating. Find something on TV. Is that? And I realize I've wasted 45 minutes just, just pushing through. Well, Paul knows that we tend to get caught up in, in those kinds of things. So the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy. And, and, and let me just jump into, we're in Jeff, chapter 2 of 2 Timothy. We're going to begin in, in verse 14. Let, let's just jump in and you'll kind of see where we're going in all this. Paul says, Remind them of these things and charge them before God not to quarrel about words, which does no good but only curse. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. But avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness, and their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them, now one thing you've got to love about Paul, Paul doesn't mince words, he doesn't dance around the issue, and he names names. And, and here's the time where he does that. Among them are Hymenus and Philetus. Now, Hymenus, I've never heard anybody name that, but I'm pretty sure Philetus was on gun smoke. You guys just aren't with me at all. 
I, I heard what someone thought. If you would tell funny jokes, we would get laughs. By Hymenus and Philetus, who have swerved from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already happened. How disconcerting would that be? Uh, have you guys ever thought about that? You know, like if you show up to church and there's nobody here. Cynthia and I was youth minister in Granbury, and, and it was about an hour drive, and we'd always get there a little bit early. And, and so we, we got there, and there wasn't a car in a parking lot, which sometimes happened. We waited 10, 15, 20, 30, 45 minutes, nobody there. And I'm like, well, I know if the rapture happened, she would have gone at least. <laughs> and then finally, one of the deacons shows up, and he's going around turning on the heater and he kind of looks around and he looks at us and he says forgot to set your clocks back didn't you <laughs> but for that moment there was another time I, I was working in in fort worth not downtown but just out of downtown in the riverside area and i'd been out of town for the weekend in and it was like armageddon had hit there were trees we, we experienced some of this up here trees that were just tipped over by their roots there were um billboards that were bent sideways the power was out just crazy and and as a i was a teenager still just barely but uh, driving in and i thought is this what it's going to look like when the rapture happens <laughs> you know well how concerning would this be the the apostle paul says look these guys have swerved from the truth that doesn't mean that they've lost their salvation it means they've departed from teaching the truth and they are saying that the resurrection has already happened. They are upsetting the faith of some. Paul must have been a little British because that's a big understatement. Upsetting the faith of some. But God's firm foundation stands. Paul's given a little comfort here. Bearing this seal, the Lord knows those who are his and let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Paul's saying, look, these guys are, are teaching false teaching. They're, they're getting people caught up in these discussions that don't really lead anywhere good. Some of them are just, just useless talk. And there, there are people whose faith are, are being at least sidetracked. Probably some, their faith is being ruined. And then Paul goes into verse 20. Now in a great house, there are, only, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel, vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. So flee youthful passions. Pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies, and you know, you know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to everyone, able to teach patiently during evil, enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. Can you imagine pastoring and all that? Can you imagine, I mean, you know, you, you've got these guys that are, that are stirring up. He just names, I, I think, just a couple. There, I, I would think that there would be more. But the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy who's pastoring in this context. There are guys that are teaching that the resurrection has already happened. 
You know, I, I just I can't imagine how that would how that would play out in a church. Well, why are you still here? You know. And and the apostle Paul is writing to Timothy, who I told you in the beginning is probably getting really frustrated. And the Apostle Paul is, is going to lay out in here some, some, some ways for Timothy to address that. And along the way, it gives us some things that we need to pay attention to. But first of all, let me just tell you, here, here's kind of the, the big idea in all of this. Here's what I, I want us to take away at the end. The Apostle Paul is, is telling Timothy to address this, but in the right way. And so here's the way that we... Have you ever had someone that, that was teaching something or telling something that was in error? You ever had that? Um, sometimes those dudes show up at your door, you know, and, and you know you, 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 you want to tell. Or sometimes maybe you're in a Bible study and you're like, ooh, we need to kind of steer this the other way. So here's the big idea. Are you ready? We are to lovingly teach the truth. That's not real deep, is it? But I tell you, it's really practical, and it's really practically hard for us to do a lot of times. Paul says uh, in here in verse 15, Timothy... Here's what I want you to do. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. The Apostle Paul's writing to Timothy, and, and, and the Apostle Paul says, first of all, Timothy, if you're going to address this, you need to make sure that you are solid in the truth. I, I love the wording. This is from the English Standard uh, Bible. Rightly handling the word of truth. That word really means some of your translations may say rightly dividing the worth of truth what it really means is paul is telling timothy timothy when it comes to the truth you cut it straight <laughs> you ever been tempted to kind of skip over a verse as you're studying the bible you ever been tempted to kind of you know we can just kind of cut that one out right there now i know you'd never admit it neither but but sometimes we get the passages it's like man i don't know Man, that one's going to be hard to teach. Paul said, Timothy, when it comes to, to God's word, you cut it straight. You handle it correctly. And he says something in here that I, we just want to take a little bit of time and, and clarify for you. He says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed. I, I don't know uh, about you, but, but there's just something about um, was about my dad's approval. And, and there's something about God's approval. Uh, by, by the way, parents, if grandparents, for some of you, if, if you're not freaked out enough about this whole life thing that we have to do, do you know that dads, particularly, you're the representation of God to your kid? That's scary, isn't it? They didn't tell you that before you had kids, did they? And, and God has built in us that need to be loved and accepted. Have you been there? Yeah? Anybody? I'm, you guys are real quiet. I'm just going to preach to myself for a little while, and y'all can, can join in when you like. We call that, when kids are young, we call that peer pressure. They want to be loved and accepted. They, they want so much for people to... That, that's just part of... God has created that in us. Now, it's His love and acceptance ultimately that we get. But we demonstrate that, Dad, to our kids. 
And we demonstrate for them what that looks like with God. Here's something you need to know. You do not work to be loved and accepted by God. Did you know that? So when Paul's telling Timothy this, do your best to present yourself as one approved, a a worker who has no need to be ashamed. He's not saying, Timothy, first of all, boy, you've got to earn God's love. You, You better work really hard to get God's approval. That's not what he's saying. And and listen, it's not we don't we can't earn God's approval. Do you know how you know how we got that? One of the to, to me the, the best way that describes what happened on the cross, that God made him who knew no sin. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, he he was perfect, he was blameless, and God made him who knew no sin to be sin. In, in a way that I probably never will fully understand, God took my sin and He took your sin and He placed it upon Jesus on the cross. Then God punished Him for our sin. He took the wrath of God for our sin. And if that weren't enough, the Bible says, God made Him who knew no sin to be sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in Him. We get the righteousness of Christ before God. You can't earn His love and acceptance. Thank God we don't have to. And so when Paul writes it, I just want us to get that clear. Paul's not writing, and I'm not telling you today, hey, look, you need to be a worker approved, right? You need to present yourself as one approved, so you need to like get your stuff on so that God will love you a little bit more. Now, you really messed up bad last week. Boy, you better like make up for that. It doesn't work that way. That was taken care of on the cross. What, what he's talking about is what we're here to do. He's reminding Timothy, you remember the overall theme for the series is fulfill your ministry. And Paul's writing to Timothy and, and Paul's saying, listen, Timothy, God has put you there for a reason. This, this idea of approve, that the idea behind that word means proven or tested timothy you need to be doing what god put you there to do what he's saying and rightly handle the word of truth you you need to present god's word as it is and that's the first thing that he tells timothy in being a worker approved listen let me can i just encourage you just for a minute it if you don't have a daily time getting into God's Word, just start one. Just, just do it. Go through the Psalms. That's cool. Um, an easy one for me while I'm traveling, sometimes I don't always carry my devotional stuff, although that changes quite a bit with the phone, is just do Proverbs. There's 31 Proverbs on the day where there, or on the month when you have 30, just read two on the last day. Uh, and you're like, golly, that'll get old. Well, I don't know. I, takes a while for some of that to kind of get worked into our hearts, right? Get into God's Word. Jump into a small group Bible study. We have, we have Sunday schools that meet at 9.30. We have two men's Bible studies now. We have ladies' Bible studies that are finished for this, this period, but kicking up. Um, get into a small group Bible study. Get, study His Word. Get into it. Learn what it means. Learn how to study it right. We're going to... Kurt and I were talking about this a while back. 
We're going to start doing some classes here that are going to help you do that. Just, just give us a moment to catch our breath in life, and, and we'll, we'll do that. We, we want you to know how to rightly handle the word of truth. But if you're going to be a, a worker approved of God, that's the first thing. And then he tells Timothy, uh, Timothy, if you want to present yourself as a worker approved by God, the, the next thing you have to do is avoid irreverent babble. I, I just like the way that sounds. Say that with me, ready? Avoid irreverent babble. Isn't that fun to say? Uh, he, he said, we know, here's why, Timothy, because that kind of thing, that, that kind of thing it, it just leads people into more ungodliness. You're not doing anything productive. You're just kind of just rehashing stuff, just getting in it for that point. And he says, their talk will spread like gangrene than any... He points out Hymenaeus and Philetus. You know, the the guy in uh, in Gunsmoke was actually a ruler. He was Festus. There we go. I just want to make sure you get that. That's in the Bible too. Did you know Festus was in the Bible? So you know. Who swerved from the truth. I told you that's not losing their salvation, but they parted from the truth. Saying the resurrection has already happened. And they're upsetting the faith of some. He, he goes all the way through here. Let, let, me just, let me just tell you that the idea behind irreverent babble, I'm going to say that a few more times just because it's fun to say, is that it's just, it's just the, the word irreverent, you can even almost connotate the, the word wicked. This is, this is ungodly kind of stuff. Babble is just empty. Look, it's just empty ungodliness. Now, now I know that we never have any problem getting involved in those conversations at all, do we? Now he's talking about it in, in terms of maybe a Bible study. And he says, first thing you have to do, Timothy, avoid that. Just, just don't get caught up into it. Have you guys ever had someone that was really good at pulling you into an argument? Don't, don't you dare look at your wife, dudes. I'm just saying. Have you ever had that? There was a guy, he's not around anymore, but he would, he would get me every time. I don't know how he, he just knew the little hook, you know, just to kind of pull me in. Paul didn't tell Timothy to, to stand there and refute it. He said, Timothy, irreverent babble, you just stay away from it. Just stay away from it. Verse 21, he says, Therefore, if anyone cleanses, he's talking about in, in a house there are honorable and, and dishonorable vessels. You know how you want, you know how you're going to be an honorable one? He says, Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, turn away from that. He'll be a vessel for, honor, vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. Timothy, that's what you want to be. You, want to, you don't want to be involved in empty discussions. Now, I know, it's fun to sit with a friend sometimes and think, hey, I wonder what's in that black hole. Well, I mean, we, we kind of know some of that because we're watching. Uh, the cool thing, you guys, they, they've been showing the zoomed in one. Did you see the one that was zoomed out, the, the picture of the, the black hole? Did you guys see all the stuff that's going in? Like, that thing's a star killer, you know? Where does it go? What does it do? That, that's fun to sit with a friend and discuss. But listen, when, when we're talking about Scripture, when we're talking about life, don't, don't get involved in irreverent babble. 
He said, avoid it. So something to avoid. Then he tells Timothy something to flee. Here's what he says. Timothy, you flee youthful passions. In verse 22, so flee youthful passions. Timothy, listen, here's youthful passions. You've got to be real careful because we always want to go with the fleshly route with this. Basically, what that means is immature desires. I remember, oh gosh, it's been a while ago now. Um, I'm not as young as I used to be, I think. Here, I remember when I turned 40, someone gave me this coaster that said, if you haven't grown up by age 40, you don't have to. And I was excited. And then I thought, wait a minute. That's like a backhanded compliment, isn't it? You're not as ugly as you used to be. I mean, that's kind of the way I felt when I get really started thinking, um, I'm not 40 anymore. But he's saying, you need to flee those, those, those immature desires. Timothy, you just need to run from those. And, and, and this isn't only a fleshly thing. It can include that. But, but immature desires, it means don't be self-centered. Don't be self-seeking. Timothy, don't, don't look for a, applause for yourself. All of those immature desires that you've got to be right just to be right. Timothy, you need to run from those. You avoid irreverent babble, but you flee from youthful passions. Timothy, you, you run. And by the way, that, that's really the same strategy that we have all through Scripture for temptation. Did you know that? There, there's one way to deal with temptation, and that is to run, run, run. You said that's three words, but it's all the same one. Flee. Timothy, get out, run. And you can avoid, you can flee, and if you stop there, you still, you, you still are laughing. Paul tells Timothy, when you've done that, then you pursue. Timothy, pursue righteousness. Anybody wake up this morning and said, you know what, I'm going to pursue righteousness today. Now if you want to have fun with this, you name your dog righteousness and let him go. What have you been doing, man? I've been chasing righteousness all day long. For those of you who are a bit more spiritual, name your cat Holy and let her go. What have you been doing? I'm looking for hol- or holiness. Looking for holiness. We don't think that way, do we? Normally, I'm going to pursue righteousness. The idea is right relationship. I want to be right with God. I'm going to pursue that. That's what Paul tells Timothy. And then he says, pursue faith. We talked about this in, in Sunday school this morning. Faith. It's not an amount of faith. How much faith do you need? Do you know? The Bible never says. Because it's not a quantity. And yet you pursue faith. You know what that means? That means trust God. I love the way the, uh, the Father in, in Mark says, Lord, I believe. You remember that one? I believe. Help me in my unbelief. Anybody ever been there? I know. On the way into church. <laughs> pursue faith. What does that mean? Timothy, trust God with what you've got. Watch Him work. Pursue that. How often, how often do we do everything that we can do 
And then we say, well, God, I've done everything I can. I guess the rest is up to you. You ever, you ever been there? We may have even said, the only other thing I know to do is pray. <laughs> why don't we just start there? Why, why don't we pursue faith? Why don't we get up in the morning and say, God, help me trust you more today. Or as I'm walking around, God, help me to see you in this instance and, and watch you work. Uh, we even mentioned in our class this morning, when you get ready to work on the truck, and, and I, I seriously doubt any guy has done this, unless you guys are just way better uh, than I am with this kind of thing. You get ready to work on your truck, and you say, hey, you know what, God, I'm going to work on my truck. You want to help? You want to hang out with me? Lord, would you just guide me? <laughs> Some of you are like, I start my truck, or I put in the key and turn the ignition, and, and you pray then, oh, Lord, please let it start. <laughs> Pursue faith. Walk with Him. And then He says love. And that we in our culture, particularly in the United States, we always associate love with a feeling, don't we? Mm-hmm. I love my daughter. I love my wife. I love my dog. Because I'm from Texas, I also love my truck. There's a song about that, by the way. You, you see, love isn't a feeling. Love is an action. In fact, love is always demonstrated. Have you ever thought about that? It's always demonstrated. Always. Some of you are like, give me a verse. Okay. Romans 5.8. But God demonstrates His love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. For God so loved the world that He sat around and thought about it and felt good. No, He gave His only Son so that whoever believes in Him wouldn't perish but would have everlasting life. Love is always demonstrated. How do you pursue love? Well, you pursue demonstrating love for other people. You can pursue that. Pursue peace. Well, that kind of goes back to what he started with, right? Don't, don't get involved in arguing with these guys. Timothy, pursue peace. I, I like the way, I, I forget where, where it is, Paul wrote it, but uh, one of his letters, he says, the, this is the, the way it really the, reads, a more of a literal translation, the from you part, let it be peace. Now, we can't control what other people do, can we? Any guys ever been, like, cussed out and you never knew why? Has that happened? Um, true story, because I don't have to make stuff like this up. Cynthia and I were driving. It was way back. We had that little Nissan Sentra. We're driving up the hill, and, and I'm not speeding, but I'm not poking along either. And this person drives by me and says, you're number one. They, they said it with a hand gesture. You're number one. And I looked at Cynthia and I said, what did I do? Now, I could have said, I'll add one to that. I don't do that, but I could have honked at them. I mean, you know, I could have made a, you know, any other kind of gesture. Paul says the from you part, let it be peace. Here he tells Timothy, 
Timothy, pursue peace. Pursue peace with people. That doesn't mean you let people walk all over you. Never do you see that in Scripture. That's not even what turn the other cheek means. It doesn't mean that you do that, but it means you pursue peace with people. The best way you can do that is to let the part that comes from you be peace. I worked for a graphics company for a while, and man, it was a stressful job. Anybody ever work with advertisers? Those people are high strung. And these are big companies, you know, so it's not like ABC advertising. It's Pennies and Xerox and remember CC's Pizza and, and Pepsi, those kinds of, you know. So, so you're working with advertisers for those companies, big, big contracts. And, and they were high strung. You pick up the phone and, and any of you guys ever watch some of these like Frozen Frontier or, you know, the Alaska shows and they have to beep some of the words out. Well, if they had done those for those phone calls, it would have been the whole thing. You just get cussed out. And then then you say, okay, now who's this? <laughs> what, what job was that? A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Paul says, Timothy, the, the from you part, let it be peace. Do you want to know what it's like to be a, a worker approved of God, you know, to, to be able to present yourself? Then, then, Timothy, you need to avoid useless chatter. Worldly chatter, the New American Standard calls it. You need to, you need to flee from youthful passions. Just, just, just put them behind you. Just go the other. You need to pursue. You need to pursue Righteousness. You need to, lost my place there, you need to pursue faith. You need to pursue love. You need to pursue peace. And then he ends with this. And, and this isn't really, this isn't really a, a do thing. This is more of a be kind of thing. I, those are always harder for me. I don't know about you. I can do stuff, but it's harder to be. Timothy says in the last part, verse 24 and 25, and the servant must not be quarrelsome. He says, Timothy, you're not to be quarrelsome. That is not what people need to know you by. You ever known people like that? Man, I just want to argue. Well, it's a nice day, isn't it? Well, it was cold this morning, you know. It's a nice day. It was a chance of snow tonight. Actually, that would be a good thing for me if I said that to you. It's a nice day. It sure is, and there's a chance of snow tonight. Um, I heard you just won, won the I don't even know what these things are. The, the super billion dollar Powerball Lotto. You know, ten hundred gazillion dollars. Yeah, but I got to pay three thousand dollars that in taxes. <laughs> don't be quarrelsome, Timothy. Don't don't look. The the servant of God, the Lord's servant, isn't quarrelsome. He doesn't get caught up in controversy. He doesn't look for things to dispute about and these worthless arguments. But he's kind to everyone. Now, now, most of us can do the first part of that. Be kind. Okay. To everyone. Well, some people are hard to be kind to, aren't they? And yet, he says, Timothy, that's what the Lord's servant? He's not quarrelsome, but he's kind to everyone. And then he says, he's able to teach. Now, I know what you're thinking. I'm not a teacher. I'm not a pastor. 
listen. In some capacity, God has called every single believer to teach. Did you know that? It got real quiet except for that fan that we're going to take care of hopefully before Easter. Did you know that? Let let me give you a couple examples. Deuteronomy chapter 6, parents, you're to teach your children. Some of you are like, yeah, but my kids are grown and got grandkids. Your kids are still there. And by the way, um, uh, I don't know how far this goes, but I know in Scripture, a lot of times it says, and teach these to your children and your children's children. So, so even when we're grandparents, we're not off the hook. In fact, I'm going to teach my grandkids some really cool things. Yeah. You loosen the top of that water bottle when you're done. You twist that, and that sucker will pop right off. No. We're called to teach. Teach them the Word of God, but that's not all. Because some of you are saying, I don't even have kids. Matthew 28, 18-20, we call it the Great Commission. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, almost said Holy Ghost there. That's a flashback. The Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And hey, let me just tell you, teaching isn't telling. Don't you wish, parents? Don't you wish teaching was telling? Would you say, honey, do that? I have girls. I say, honey, I think, I don't know what I have. I had a boy call him honey or son. Or Teaching is not telling them to do something. Man, that would be easy. Teaching is showing them. Able to teach. That is, that, that, that we engage others that we are to make disciples of and that we teach them, we show them. Jesus said, show them, teach them to do all that I've commanded you. We show them what that looks like. Man, that would change, that would change a lot, wouldn't it? I wish that I had an algebra teacher who would have shown me um, I just learned a bunch of, in algebra, learned a bunch of, of equations, and, you know, I got all that right. Geometry that, like, those were useful. And then when I got into construction, I thought, hey, you know what? You can, sorry, that wasn't my hair. Uh, you, can, you can even figure out the square footage of a roof using geometry. That's cool. I don't have to walk all the way over there. I can just measure that line, that line, and A squared plus B squared equals C squared, and there we go. Or you can just double it and make a rectangle out of it if you're lazy. So, so you with me so far? The Lord's servant must be kind to everyone, must be able to teach. We're only halfway there. Patiently enduring evil. You ever had anybody be evil to you? Mm-hmm. What are you supposed to do about that? Paul says, patiently enduring. Now you're all depressed. (laughs) But can't I do anything back? We're not to repay evil for evil, but to bless those who curse you, right? They say revenge... Is a dish best served cold, right? God says, 
Vengeance is mine. You, you, don't, you don't worry about that. Sometimes, and trust me, you guys know, sometimes I, I'm still learning this, it's better to just not say anything. <laughs> I didn't say it was easier. It's just better not to say anything. And then finally he says, correcting his opponents with gentleness. Now, We don't let false teaching just go because he says it spreads like gangrene, right? You have to correct it, but, but, and it's not like this. Have you ever had anybody say something to you that was real harsh? And they're like, well, the Bible says just speak the truth in love. We're like, how, how about the love part, you know? I, I heard people for a long time, I'll still hear this sometimes, say, well, it's true. It's true. You ever heard that? I might stink. Because I forgot to put it on deodorant. I didn't. But I said I might. But there's no good that's going to come of it if you stand up in front of a crowd and tell me that I stink. <laughs> Correct with gentleness. Paul tells Timothy, and man, would that go a long ways with us. I think about the issues that, that we deal with in, in our society. And, and, you know, we as Southern Baptists tend to be kind of bad about this. We're not the only ones, but we tend to be kind of bad. People know a whole lot of what we're against, don't they? But by the way, if you haven't figured this out, you know, Baptists don't drink. They don't dance. You know why they don't drink? It might lead to dancing, right? But isn't that funny? And, and I hear people all, all the time, they'll, they'll, Baptists, oh, you guys don't dance. I'm like, well, that's not in the Baptist faith and message. Most of us just can't. That's a problem. I got rhythm in my hands. It just don't go all the way down to my, my feet. They know a lot of what we're against because we're really quick. Unfortunately, to correct. And sometimes we look pretty angry when we do that. What if? What if we are able to learn to correct with gentleness? Wouldn't that be cool? What does that look like? It, I, I see it like this. That you just go up and put your arm around someone and say, you know what? That's not right. Well, but my, you know, it's... Yeah, but hey, look, even if, if you just search your heart, you would know that's not right. I mean, God says it, but, but you already knew it. You didn't have to tell me. You didn't have, have to have me tell you that that's not right. Let me help you do what's right. Isn't that what Jesus told us to do? Teaching them to observe, to do, really, what it means, all that I've commanded you. What if, what if we learned how to teach the truth in love? Wouldn't it be cool? Does that mean you waffle? No. No. Backpedal? No. You can be firm. Parents, we know this, right? You can be firm and still be loving. Um, all the time, having, having raised two girls, 
uh, with our teenager, and it's usually some of these girls that, can we do this? I'm like, no, we're not going to do that. Oh, please, please. I say, you know what? I've got daughters. That just doesn't phase me at all. In fact, my girls know that if I say no and you ask, that's a more firm no. The first no is no for now. The second no is no for longer than that. You, you keep asking, it's going to be no forever. You can be firm and you can be loving, right? Here's the thing. There is truth. And it's absolute truth and it's found in God's Word. And we don't swerve from that. We don't change it. This doesn't change because the culture that we're in changes its mind. It's truth. When God says it, it is so. And we need to learn how to know what it means. We need to, to be in the Word. We need to learn how to rightly handle it. The, the middle part that he was talking about, the things to avoid, to flee and pursue, we also need to make sure that our life is consistent with this Word. But that's not where we stop. We need to learn how to make disciples, teaching them to do all that He's commanded us. And if we can hang on to that last one, teach the truth with gentleness, the correct with gentleness, listen, they will hear you, especially if your life backs it up. Let's pray. Father, I, I ask today that, Lord, You would help us to align our lives to Your Word. And God, I've talked a lot about a, about a lot of doing stuff. But God, it's the being that you have to do in us. So Holy Spirit, we ask that you would take your word and, and that you would just change us from the inside out. That, that you would develop within us a, a heart for you. Lord, just like the, the dad that said, I believe, help me in my unbelief. God, we... We want to follow you. Would you help us follow you? I want my life to reflect Christ. God, would you do that in me? And we know that there's some things we need to avoid. We know there's some things that we need to flee. And God, I pray that you'd help us to do that. But Lord, I pray that you'd also help us to pursue righteousness. Pursue faith. Pursue love and pursue peace. And all along the way, God, you would give us opportunity to share the good news of Jesus Christ with those around. For it's in his name we pray. Amen.